Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. Betterhelp.com save. Got it. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. It's Monday with Mikey Heath-Murph. We talk in Raiders and football dirt. had a big win against the Chiefs. We did it again. You were supposed to rap today. The fans wanted to see you rap all the way. But now you're not going to have to do it because we didn't get a victory. There's nothing to it. So I'll take over the rap thing. I'm the ice team of Mondays with Mike and Murphy. Chiefs, can you believe it? I didn't think it was a possibility, but dreams almost come true. <laughs> Unbelievable, my friend. We were so close. And uh, if you know, if it weren't for a few literally untimely fumbles, then uh, we might have had a shot. I would have liked to have seen what the Raiders could have done without those three fumbles by three different running backs. How's that suit you? Well, I mean, if it wasn't for fumbles by the coaching staff, by the organization. We might have had a few. <laughs> I'm just saying, I call them fumbles. Let's call them fumbles. Let's not call them trades. Let's not call them, you know, whatever. All right. We're going to be grooming fumbles a lot. Hey, you Again, know, but you know what, though, about the ifs, you know, as my dad used to say, if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. That's a scary statement. Have you seen my uncle? <laughs> No. Looks like my aunt. <laughs> so maybe it's true. In today's world, you never know. Everybody's got a choice. There's five different uh, bathrooms. Nowadays, there's five different bathrooms. 
there's like a his, a hers, and like the plethora. You can figure that out on your own, but it's hilarious. Absolutely. And I think it's funny. Yeah, I'm gonna stop talking. I got I have too many other jokes in there. Then and I'll get yelled at, and I'm sure somebody will tweet and uh, be, take offense by my joke. So I'm just gonna stop. No offense necessary for me. <laughs> the world the world is changing, and I don't know what it's changing into in all aspects. There you go. That's a good way to put it. It's so a new world, Mike. It's a new world. You you represented the Blue Raiders this week. What what happened? You yeah, went to a man. football game. Yeah, so um, so the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders—that's where I I went to school and uh, and represent the the Blue Raiders. They are uh, in Conference USA and are Division One school, and and they play an an SEC schedule along with uh, the teams that are in Conference USA. And uh, you know, so they'll play Kentucky and Vanderbilt and University of Tennessee and Alabama. Not every year, but uh, they'll play a, at least one or two of those schools every year. Anyway, so they um. They hosted the conference championship game this week the uh, for Conference USA, and it was fantastic. Um, yes, to answer your question, I went to the game. I took my oldest son, and uh, we were we literally had the VIP treatment. Uh, he got to do one of the little uh, field goal contests, you know, that they do at the end of the first quarter, where you go on and try to kick a field goal. And uh, we were hosted on the sideline. Uh, I've I've been on the field for a lot of games, like a lot of different. NFL games and whatnot, and usually you get down there before the game and watch them warm up and whatnot, um, but this was the most access I've ever had to a team, and granted, it's a smaller program, but it's still Division One college football. Uh, to give you an idea of what MTSU is, or Middle Tennessee, that's where like Kevin Byard came from, who's current All-Pro safety for the for the, for the Tennessee Titans. Um, Kelly Holcomb, who was the last Browns quarterback to be in the playoffs, that was a guy that came from MT. So there's a, there's a handful of, of players that have come from Middle Tennessee, but anyways, so we were on the sidelines for this thing and we were there for the whole game and you know we were literally on like right up with the right in the players you could see if, if anybody saw it on tv we're in lots of the camera shots where the players come running out of bounds and whatever and it's just to be that up close to uh you know to a game and see it in that fashion the speed of it and uh just the just the violence of the sport and just the, the explosiveness of everything the controlled chaos that coaching is watching the way that coaches interact with players it was a fantastic experience it was probably one of the best football pure football experiences mikey that i've ever had in my entire life and uh to be there with my oldest son and to share that with him was was pretty cool stuff man so uh you know i was a fan of the team already because of i'm an alumni of the school but even more so now after uh after seeing something like that man it was it was it was pretty cool so go raiders man what an amazing memory and you went out there and you watched the blue raiders and there's plenty of raiders that are actually blue this <laughs> yeah. so i'm just being honest you know that's true what, i guess that has, my shirt has more meaning than just what because yeah i'm a blue raider on more ways than one today that's right hey it became full circle with you, but what an event. What a way to check it out. My co-host with the most, I call him my host because we're both hosts, but um, you guys can catch him on MurphsFanCave.com. That is his main website. He also has got Raiders Fan Radio. You guys can find him on YouTube. The links will be below. They also got an app of location. Like yes. that's real. That's technology. You can download it. Like, I don't know if it's on the iPhone or the iPads or but you can download their app and listen to their podcast every week. Tell them a little quick something about that, then we'll get into the bread lines. Thank you, Mikey, for asking. Yeah, so our, our app is Android only, and the reason why is that most people 
on their iPhones, on their iDevices, they use the Apple Podcast app. So on the Apple Podcast app, just surf Murph, search Murph's Fan Cave, M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. Uh, and then if you're an Android user, search that same thing in the Google Play Store and you can find our app there. And then, you know, I've been accused of having uh, too many uh, things to get a hold of, uh, you know, like, right. There's, we're so diverse. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I, I told Mikey, I'm going to try to streamline this thing. So just look, go to murphfancave.com. That's the best place to find all of our stuff. We have links to everything there, uh, links to all the different places that you can find our podcast. And then now, you know, we're becoming a big fan of this YouTube thing. So you can, you can find the Murph's fan cave YouTube feed and subscribe to us there. And so much appreciated to all of those of you that already do. Thank you, Mikey, for supporting, uh, the Murph's fan cave network and and uh you know whether you call me your co-host your sidekick your alongness or whatever your side piece whatever i am mikey i'm glad to be here buddy i have a good time here on the show thank you very much and the reason we promote so much and i've been doing it a lot lately with you know other people besides merch fan cave because i don't know what's going on youtube is a feels like a dying platform and there's a lot of other variables that creep into my life in terms of making videos. So I don't know how much longer, you know, me or anybody might personally be around. So that's why I love supporting you guys because you guys are the future and that's just the honesty. You know, Mikey can't last forever, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> All right, time for the headlines, breadlines, deadlines, blow my mind, Murph. Guess what? Rent the musical is going to be a Fox live special on January 17th live on fox how about that that'll be pretty cool man i know you have your dvr set for that oh i'm gonna be in full costume <laughs> i'm gonna be in full thespian rent musical mode it'll be great all right it's time for the headlines breadlines deadlines raiders play tough versus the chiefs but they can't shock them red hot kansas city players We'll get more into that right after the bread. I call them the breadlines, the headlines in the game recap. But let's just, I saw this somewhere. So let's have a Raiders Q&A. What was Gruden's grand plan? Before all the issues with Khalil Mack and having to rebuild and all that, what do you think Gruden's grand plan was before he got rid of Mack and maybe after all of the situations happened. What is your personal opinion on his grand plan? Mikey, that's an awesome question. And I hadn't really considered it until you asked it. And I saw it here on the rundown. And I, you know, I think his grand plan was the same grand plan of, of any head coach. And especially one that's taking over a, um, I want to call it a failing organization, but an underachieving uh, program. Okay. And, uh, you know, the Raiders, aside from two years ago when we, you know, let's be honest, kind of fluked our way to a 12-4, and four, aside from that, we've been an underachieving organization since Gruden was here the last time. So I think a couple of things. I think that his grand plan was this, and this is the part that I, I don't feel was shared with us, nor I don't necessarily believe it should have been, but I definitely don't I think that it was the, the plan, was that this was going to extend more than just a couple of years, that this was a long-term thing in play now I don't think it was quite as long term as he expected and I think that that's where the uh the, the genuineness of the you know the way that they had to shift their um their approach because of Mac and and other things that have happened 
Um, but I don't. Uh, but I think they went into this thinking a lot more long term than what we did. And granted, we were probably misled a little bit. Uh, some of the rhetoric was, you know, we're going to win here now. We're going to, you know, it was the, there was a sense of urgency about the winning. Um, now I know a lot of that was manufactured by fans. It wasn't necessarily all of it manufactured by the organization. Um, but the organization definitely didn't shout down that message. They were definitely, um, you know, they were they were showing a face of that they, that we were going to win and win now and try to get one for Oakland, right? And so when that didn't happen, or when that plan started to kind of fall apart with the Mac thing and and, and everything else that happened, uh, then I think that they had to they had to change. And you know, I don't know if you caught it, Mikey, in the broadcast this week, uh, but it was what it was Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts. And uh, Ian Eagle made a specific uh, reference to John Gruden, Derek Carr, and the rebuilding that I don't know. If, look, I, I'm pretty good about paying attention to Raider news. That's kind of what we do. And I never heard it stated like he stated it. And basically he said this was that Carr was told by Gruden, you're kind of a rookie all over again. That this is a, did you catch that? That this is a rebuild uh, uh, phase. This is a 10-year plan. You're going to be part of it for the entirety, but you better be ready to start over again. And that was something, we've never heard that. Now that came out in a production meeting apparently, and because that's where he got it for the broadcast. But so that, so that's a long way to answer your question, Mikey, but I think that that's right. That's the only thing that I can, after all taking all of it into account, that's the only thing that I can conclude would, would be the, the most accurate or most, you know, uh, realistic approach. What do you, what do you think? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Well, first off, anybody named iron Eagle, it, they're good in my book. I'm just saying <laughs> iron Eagle. I, Isn't that a movie? Isn't that a movie in the eighties? Yeah, Lou Gossett Jr. Represent man. I'm telling you, that was a great. Hey, movie. I have, I've, I recorded it on my phone. You want me to pull it up while we're doing the show? Yeah, I, th- I think I know the thing. You can pull it up, no problem. But um, I, I, I don't think Gruden's grand plan was to make Derek Carr rookie from the beginning and do a rebuild. I think he wanted to add veteran depth with Khalil Mack and all these other players to try to win. So yeah, go ahead and play it. Seems okay, like let's let's it. see if it works. Let's see if it works here. I'll just play it off my phone into the microphone. When we talked to Derek Carr about the current situation the Raiders are in, he was brutally honest, said the direction of the organization this year, it sank in for him at the midway point of the season. When he signed his deal, he didn't think they would have to go through a rebuild again. And Gruden told him, hey, it's a 10-year marriage. You're a rookie again. And he said it was hard to hear that, but he understands the vision. Carr, slap! All right, there you go. I mean, so that's pretty profound, right? Like, I don't recall us hearing anything like that at all. Do you? I don't, but he did say it happened midway, which meant after all this stuff. Right, so that's right. why I don't I don't think he told Carr from the beginning, hey, it's a 10-year marriage and right. we're going to rebuild and we're going to get rid of all these players. That's fair. That's why, that's why I was thinking Gruden's grand plan in the beginning before the issues with Mac was that he was going to build a veteran-type defense on cheap contracts because I believe he was told to go cheaply through um, Mark Davis. I, I do believe that. Uh and he was going to try to build a veteran de- on defense with Khalil Mack hopefully being a part of the team. And then the offense was good enough to go to the playoffs a few years back. So he was going to add a few pieces like Martavius Bryant and whatnot. I believe his grand plan was to try to win now while rebuilding. And then after the Mack issue, the holdout, the agents and everything else happened, he's like, man... We just got to literally tear this thing down. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think that, that it, it didn't start off that way. I, I think that he they they genuinely felt they were going to field a more competitive football team this year. You know, and whether that would have been with Mac or anybody, I, even aside from that, I don't think that anybody expected two wins. I don't think anybody in the organization expected that. I think that they thought they were, you know, did they expect they were going to go win a Super Bowl this year? I don't know. I mean, you know, and you'll, we'll never find out, but, but I'm with you, Mikey. I, I think that they, you know, they had, a, they had all the good intentions to start off with. And then as soon as it started to go south, then like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to burn it down, burn it all the way down. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to, if it's going to start going that direction, you're never going to, you're never going to tank. You're never going to try to lose, but are you going to try to set yourself up for future success? Yeah. You're going to develop younger players. You're going to, right. You're going to put Brandon Parker in there and let him go to work. Like let him go fail. Like there's only one way to learn and that's to go out there. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm with, I'm with you, Mikey. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I mean, I hate the analogy with the fire. Oh, I'm sorry. That was been... probably that was pretty. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, no, my bad. Don't was, even worry about what I, I was going to say. Is, but your comp- the analogy is completely correct. Uh, like, if the house started burning, with if you consider like Khalil Mack being traded or the agent issues, whatever happened, that would be like part of your house burning. Like, you know, maybe the kitchen and part of the bedroom. And you're like, if it's burning, we just got to burn it down. You know, like you just start over. I, I like that analogy. It sounds really dumb, but I loved it. All right, on to more scary issues. Uh, Kareem Hunt was released from uh, the Chiefs once a videotape surfaced of him having an altercation with a woman. We are not going to go into that because that is none of our business or we don't care. But there was a lot of rumblings because this happened back in February. And the tape was reported from the police uh, station and the hotel was reportedly released again I do not know the truth but was released and the NFL requested it but there was no answer whether the NFL received the tape and the Chiefs received the tape but they requested it and they were given it and it was released to authorities and then the authorities said it was released I don't know so I'm posing the question did the NFL know what was on the tape before or the Chiefs? And did they do the right thing? So I made a little vlog about it, but I wanted to hear your take on this because I think the NFL knew something more than they're saying. And then I believe, of course, it was the right thing to do once the tape surfaced. But I just wanted your take, Murph, because I like to get other people's takes. Yeah, this, um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty big defender of the shield and, and and I always tried to think of ways to understand why they do what they do I don't have the the vitriol for Roger Goodell that I think a lot of people do I, I kind of look at it like you know I try to evaluate it from a business perspective and, and if he's the the leader of the organization and he's appointed by the you know Roger Goodell doesn't own the NFL the owners own the NFL and the owners appoint him as to be the man and so you know what I mean like I try to think of I try to think of it in in realistic type terms very like utilitarian type terms okay but that said knowing that that's where my mindset is when it comes to things like this and when you're you're talking about the humanity and the you know the the sensitivity and really the disgusting um kind of behavior and and notions that that are involved in domestic violence whether it's somebody you know or don't know when you're talking about this kind of stuff this is where I completely move away from the league. And, and frankly, Mikey, this, these are the kinds of things that, 
you know, I'm a pretty big football fan. Uh, you know, I'm about as big as they come, I think, and as you are. And uh, But these are the kinds of things that separate me a little bit from the league. You know, there's some things that are out there that, that I just, there's in no way can I come to an understanding nor condone. Um, and I'm frankly disappointed in the way that the league handles this kinds of, these kinds of things. To me, it's, it's, it should be, a, especially with the, way, the awareness of it and the, the way that our world is nowadays where we actually understand the ramifications of these kinds of things and, and what goes on and these, these behaviors have been exposed. Why wasn't this guy given a lifetime ban immediately? Like, to me, like, I'm all about a redemption story, Mike. You know that. I, I, I think people um, deserve to be forgiven, and I'm willing to forgive anybody, and one day I want to be forgiven, right? And I think that we're all, all, all forgiven by up above. But th- that said, that doesn't mean you get to play freaking football. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, you know what? You're going to have to find a different job because you don't get to do this one. This is a privilege. You are a public figure. You are a role model. Like it or not, I don't care. Doesn't matter. You are setting an example and the league to cover it up from February. It is absolute BS, Mikey. I think it's, I'm telling you, there are very few things separate me from this league. This is the kind of stuff that you want to send a message, NFL, quit it with the freaking, the pink ribbons and the, you know, the, 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 the commercials. Do it by action. Do it by for real action. Not, not some freaking, you know, self-congratulatory notion uh, about a, you know, on a halftime presentation or whatever. That's crap. Mm -hmm. You want to you want to make a you want to send a message about domestic violence in the league? Cut this guy, give him a lifetime ban, and don't welcome him back. Now, do you want to enable him to help you know with counseling and help him on a human level? I'm all about it. Like, yes, that's what they should do. Do we want to just turn your back on somebody and let him you know and forget he ever existed? No, because the guy clearly needs help. And so, and can he be a, a a sounding board or a voice for you know for from the mistakes made and 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 help be a, a tool to help you know teach others the appropriate way to to conduct yourself as a, as as a public figure or just as a human being? Those are the yes all to all of those things. But you don't get to play football. Like that should not even be a freaking issue. And I think that, that the more that's anyways, I'll shut up. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to risk really running down the road here. But Mikey, yeah. I just think that it's garbage that this guy wasn't cut. And I hope, I hope that, that the Washington Redskins nor anybody else sign this guy to uh, like his football career needs to be over period. End of story. Yeah. I mean, there's a, that's why I'm saying it's becoming a polarizing subject, uh, you know, with Ruben Foster, Ray Reich, they knew about Ray Rice. They, the NFL and the team had, apparently they had the tape. Again, I can't prove it. But then once it was released through TMG, then, oh, we got we to gotta kick him out. Yeah. We got to make it. Yep. You know, it, it seems like it happens too late because they're expecting it not to be released. Why doesn't but, the um, NFL hire TMZ to be their investigators? Since clearly they get the jump on them on everything. You know, and, and I'm only half kidding. You know what I mean? I like, what, what the heck, right. man? Yeah. You're completely 100% right. That's why it bothers my mind. But now, like, on defense, again, I can go which way. There's there's multiple sides to the story. You can view the tape however you want. But I'm going to speak from a personal level. And I don't even know if I should be speaking about this because it scares the heck out of me. Um, and I'm not comparing my situation to Kareem Hunt in any aspect. Or I'm not condoning him or her or whatever. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying this is scary for everybody because you said they should be banned or this or that. 
Well, I was in a similar situation. I, I want help for people through these situations. I don't know how to do it. I, I, I don't know if they truly should lose their job. I don't know, but I've been in a similar situation. Uh, I was with a bunch of people. They were drunk. There was a girl one night and she was, she recognized me as an actor. So she kept disrespecting me, calling me donkey lips, introducing me to her friends, making fun of me, my lisp. She was clearly drunk. Then I walked up to her and I said, I've been hanging out with you and your friends being an entertainer and a celebrity, you know, to make you look good for like 20 minutes now. And you keep disrespecting me. I go, please stop that. And then she goes, whatever, you know, donkey lips. And then she starts slurring her words like more purposely like I do. Then I said, you know what? Please stop being a Do you have any respect for me? Any empathy? She goes, you call me a then she starts hitting me. She starts spitting on me. You're a loser. You'll never be anything. Like making fun of me being a, a D-list actor that I'll never work again. I walk away. She grabs me by the hair, pulls me back. Then I go, get out of here. My elbow hits her shoulder. She falls, hits the bar end of the table. She cuts her thigh. I'm to blame. I hit her. Yep. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but like, I don't want to lose my career as an actor because she grabbed my hair and spit on me. And I was just trying to get her off of my hair. Right. You know, I, I it's just scary. It's just, it scares the hell out of me that I might've lost my career or a job or something like that for just, I don't know. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. Look, I'm not, yeah. And you know, those kind of situations, I, look, I'm not going to claim to that it's fair you know, you know what I mean? As far as like what other look, other people's actions led to the ultimate scenario. Right. I, I understand. But, you know, put yourself in the hotel room, lock the door and call hotel security. Like, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Or don't be out to begin with. You know, what I mean, there's there are lots of public figures that don't go out. Now, I'm not saying that. Look, that sucks for you. I'm sorry. That, that you can't go out, Mr. She's whoever. She grabbed my hair. I'm trying what, to get her off my I'm, hair. I'm, yeah, and I'm sorry. Even, even if I walk away, she's holding my hair. It's I don't just, know. Do I drag her? <laughs> then if I drag her, if I drag her, <laughs> you know, then I hurt her. All I I, know. You know, look, it, there's sometimes there's not good answers to things. Sometimes there's right. not a, a, a good way to handle it, a right way to handle it, a wrong way to handle it. But all I know is this, is that if you put yourself in a position where you don't have to worry about it, you don't have to handle it, then it never becomes an issue, right? So, again, I... I you know, I, I'm not can't speak to to your situation. I can't even speak to what happened with Hunt, other than what I saw in the video. But I mean, you know, there there were other ways to address that. I'll just say that there are other ways to do that than you know, whatever. I, yeah, we, I know it, it's 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 a scary thing. I'm just glad there wasn't a tape. I wasn't an NFL player. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a tape will come out in ten years on DMZ of me being player <laughs> accidentally hitting her. I don't know what'll happen, man. But it's, it just scared me. When I saw all this and I saw the tape, it reminded me, you know, that. Uh, yep, it's, right. it's sad. All right, let's talk about the Raiders. Yeah, let's move on. Thank you guys for putting up with this subject. But it's just polarizing and interesting to me. Uh, on a good front, Rodney Hudson. We all know he's the best center in the league. And according to Pro Football Focus, he is the top three center. But he's not even in the top ten of Pro Bowl voting. That's because the Raiders are losing and fans need to go out and vote for this guy. Uh, your thoughts on Rodney Hudson, please go out and vote for him. I don't know if we can get him in there, but he's definitely, no matter how bad we're losing, he's one of the top centers in the league. 
And I'm going to show you guys something a little later. It's going to blow your mind with Rodney Hutchins. Yeah, I've wraps. Yeah, I've rhapsodized quite a bit about him on our show, Raiders Fan Radio, and so I'll I'll save you all the uh, the the rehash of that. But I'll just say this: I think that he's under celebrated as not only one of the best uh, Raiders, but as you mentioned, Mike, you one of the best players in the league at his position. And uh, you know, it's unfortunate that you know teams that uh, you know centers don't get a lot of attention. You know, you can be uh, you know oh I don't know, I'm trying to think of somebody on a losing team that's having a good season. You could be Saquon Barkley. Right. And, and playing on a losing team and still get a lot of accolades because people see you on on, you know, the highlight shows and you have a lot more exposure on a, a center. No one's showing center highlights. Right. Like. And so I think that it's unfortunate that unless you're on a winning team, that players like that at those positions are just not going to be celebrated. So, uh, yeah. So do what you can to support Rodney Hudson out there uh, for sure. He's the man. He's one of right now. Mikey, he's he's on the very, very short list of my favorite Raiders. I mean, I, I think that, you know, again, as far as player in his position, he's probably the best. I mean, Jared Cook is way up there. Uh, you know, maybe that, maybe it's just those that those two guys, you know. Uh, I think, you know, normally I would put KO on that list, but he's kind of struggling this year with injury. So, anyways, let's support Rodney Hudson. Let's do what we can to to really lift up number 61 out there, man. Because he And not only is he just playing great, but he's a great Raider, man. Like, he's a great leader of this team. Like, it, you know, again, he's a quiet guy. He's not like, you don't see him out doing press conferences and whatever, but there is un, no mistaking that he is a leader of this team. You, you listen to any of the players give interviews, and they always cite Huddy, right? So let's definitely support what he's doing out there. Definitely. There it is on screen, Provo vote, hashtag Rodney Hudson. Let's get him into the Pro Bowl. Hopefully we get a couple of Raiders in the Pro Bowl. It might be Jared Cook and him, but it ain't going to happen unless you guys go out there and vote. I, I'm afraid this might be the first time in history that there might not be a Raider on the – well, you know, it's not the first time in history, but it feels like it to me. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's get these guys – let's get these guys in the Pro Bowl. And I, I know you guys don't want to rehash this, but this bothered me a lot. Uh, yeah. Mark Cooper – said he wasn't really happy with the Raiders and that, you know, he's playing with more passion now. And we spoke about it after that first game. I said, look, I go, he didn't do very well in that first game. But I go, I saw him like running routes. He looked like Tim Brown. Tim Brown has like these moves and, you know, he had the little thing where he would move his hands and then break into another route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I finally saw that from Amari Cooper once he went to the Cowboys and I spoke about it and now he said he wasn't really happy being a Raider. The proof is in the pudding. Do, do these comments piss you off and make you mad at him? Cause he should have chose to be happy. I know we're losing and all that, but he could have found his passion while he was here to maybe he wasn't traded, but now I don't know. It just feels weird. It feels like they're winning now. Not we won the trade. I know that, but, I'm just mad. I I just I'm mad at Cooper and I don't want to be. Yeah, I mean you you nailed this one, Mikey. I'm going to give you props on this one. You hit this one from a mile away and I we brought up last week uh you had a great topic about was Gruden purging, you know, selfish players, quote selfish players. And this was one of the guys on the list and I said I wouldn't put Coop on that list and then shortly thereafter these comments came out and look, that is he's not a diva. You know, he's not Ocho Cinco out there or Terrell Owens or anything, but that is a selfish ass thing to say is that, oh, I wasn't motivated as much before I found my passion again. That's selfish because then you're putting yourself ahead of the, the team. So you got guys out there like like Derek Carr, or whoever else, guys that, you know, like Rodney Hudson. Cook, 
you know Cook is mad right yes. now, but he's still playing his butt off, you know? He, yeah. he found his passion. So you got these guys that are out there killing themselves out there to, to go play, and now you weren't putting it on the line for whatever reason? Like, I, if I'm one of these Raiders that shared a locker room with him, I'm 20 kinds of pissed off at, at these kinds of comments. And, yeah, as a fan, it bothers the crap out of me because, look, I get – look. You're going to deal with adversity in your life. You're going to deal with adversity in your career. And you're going to, you know, look, I don't, because he went to Alabama. And so, you know, he never experienced losing. And so now, you know, and then, and he had relative early success with the Raiders. And then, so then like, what, I, I, I don't understand like whatever it is, that sense of entitlement that led him to where he's at. But one way or the other, you're a professional effing athlete. Like you shouldn't need any more motivation other than the fact that you're getting paid to do what you love. Like, I don't know what else to tell you know what I mean? And because there's this notion that you would like to think that all professional athletes are able to motivate themselves. That's the old adage, right? Is that you don't need a college type rah, rah type coach because these guys are all self-motivated. They're all giving it everything that they, uh, that they, they possibly can every single down, every single play, every off season, every, everything. That's the whole point. That's why they've gotten to the, to the level that they've had. So to hear that, that there was a guy that's actually as talented as he is, that wasn't giving it as all. Yeah. We noticed. Thanks Amari. You know what I mean? Let me let you, let me let you know some inside information too. This all came out after the Thanksgiving, you know, big, beautiful game, right? Now the media spotlight is on him. So that goes back to his agent. Yep. So I found out he changed agents after last year with the Washington game with Khalil Mack. He changed to Khalil Mack's agent. So you know Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, his new agent. Joel Siegel. Told, Joel Siegel told him to go into the media spotlight because you're going into a contract year again next year and prove and become a brand. So this is all about Amari Cooper becoming bigger. So he took the spotlight of the Thanksgiving game to, you know, to not only to get revenge against the Raiders with these type of statements and the fans because Joel Siegel ain't happy with the Raiders because of, you know, the Khalil Mack trade and all that. And then on top of that, the first week after Amari Cooper was traded to the Cowboys and he had his first game, they asked him how was it, you know, to go out there and play with Dak. He said, Dak throws a catchable ball. That was his statement. Look it up. What does that mean? Is that against Derek Carr? Heck yeah, it is. Heck yeah, it is. And you know, Mikey, you know me. I'm not much of a conspiracy guy, and I don't believe in ulterior motives and uh, most of the time and all that or hidden agendas. But you're absolutely this, – this one, I'm telling you, I'm with you on this because – and I'll tell you why. You remember on one of those touchdowns, Amari Cooper on this has this big celebration. He goes over and he shoots a free throw. You remember all that? He's never – he's never, never – That guy never has shown any kind of mo- emotion like that on the field except you're right – now he's got a new agent, contract here, Dallas Cowboys, America's team, playing on Thanksgiving, and now all of a sudden he's found his personality and he's found it. Come on now. I'm, look, I may be I may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. You know what I mean? Like that's what like again, I don't believe in hidden agendas and all that stuff a lot of the time, but this is the kind of stuff where I do. Because the, you're right. This is the kind of stuff that the agents fabricate, you know, and and it, it would not surprise me one bit if John Gruden was hip to this. And look, and look, and he'll take the blame. People will be critical of John Gruden. They will give him a hard time. They will say, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. And oh, he's letting all the talent go and blah, blah, blah. 
because he's not going to say, you know, look, I had a bad experience with Joel Siegel. There's some things on the horizon that I didn't wasn't comfortable with. I wanted to get rid of him before it became an issue. He's not going to say all that, but I'll bet you that's what happened, Mikey. I would, would you know not what? surprise me one bit. Yes. Okay, so going back, there's his statements on screen. You guys can read it and break it down for what it's worth. Last thing I'll say about this, uh, you brought up Gruden. Um, Gruden said he was going to make Amari Cooper the focal point of the offense. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying, you know, Gruden is lying because he traded him. Now that I see all this, I have to go back and look at that statement. When I look at that statement, Gruden said that to pump up Amari Cooper, to let him know, look, we're going to throw some pride in you this year. And then Amari Cooper had every day in practice on the field to put that passion that he found with the Cowboys. He had every opportunity to do that, hopefully being the focal point in Gruden's offense. But Gruden watched him, and he probably just went through the motions every day in practice. Then in game time, still went through the emotions, whether he had one good game with us this year or not. And Gruden is like, man. Then Gruden realized he's in a fifth year. He has the same agent as Khalil Mack. We're going to have a holdout next year. Man, let's just put him on the shopping block. This guy is not buying in, and he doesn't want to be a Raider. Done and over. Scares me, man, because I like Amari Cooper. I did, too. I did, too. I was rooting for him, man. He was one of my favorite Raiders. I mean, the whole ACDC thing, man, like that was that was great. The idea that we had a quarterback-wide receiver connection like that that could be dynamic in the league. Yeah, that's, it's a letdown. That's a bummer. And that's why this one stings, because he was a very likable player. He was a very, you know, he was easy to root for, you know, not anymore. And all, all the posters of them car, ACDC, back in black, you know, the group oh, could have been a fantastic thing in Vegas, especially the entertainment oh, Yep, yep. Oh, well. All right, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, well, he's offering to pay cell phone bills. Marshawn Lynch is done with football from these things that I'm going to show you. I think he's done with football. Um, he may come back for one year, but I don't know. He's making business moves, making business moves. Uh, he's offering to pay cell phone bills because he owns a company called beast mobile, which is cool. He's becoming an entrepreneur. You guys can look it up beast mobile and all that for yourself. But let me just bring up this story. He also bought a football team. It's called the Fan Football League. All right, but before that, forgive me, I jumped ahead. Let's watch the Beast Mobile, the cell phone story. Forgive me. Oh, go ahead and play that you audio. play the audio? Okay. Yeah, forgive me. I didn't know who had it. Raiders star Beast Mode Marshawn Lynch is getting into a different game, this time offering to pay for your cell phone bill. The Raiders running back is the face of Beast Mobile. It launched a while back, but now the 32-year-old Oakland native wants to go Beast Mode on your bill altogether. Lynch says he'll personally pay the cell phone bill for a full year for 500 new Beast Mobile customers. The offer is good if you buy a new Beast Mobile phone. There's also a charity arm to this. Marshawn Lynch is in the process of giving out free cell phones to homeless individuals who live in the Bay Area. So I just wanted to share that story, but now let's get into the football story. Again, you guys know what's going on with his phones. Here it is. Marshawn Lynch is the owner of this fan-controlled football league. Hard to read the stats. You guys can go to the website, but the fans control the action, apparently. They make decisions, whether it be online or actual teams. It's interesting. Do you know anything about this, Murph? 
your thoughts on Marshawn becoming a CEO and is he kind of done with the Raiders? Cause now he's buying teams and it seems like he has one foot out the door. Just your thoughts on all of this. Yeah. And I think, you know, don't forget this guy was retired once upon a time, right? So he's already, you know, started on the next phase of his life. And, and yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any, any harm in this. And I, I, first off, I love the story about, and I remember this from before even too, that he's been doing this for a little while, this, the, the whole beast mobile thing and, you know, giving phones away and, you know, to underprivileged kids and uh, homeless people and all that. Like, it's, it's awesome, man. This is one of the things that I love about Marshawn. Uh, but yeah, like, is it, no. So is it, you know, is he setting himself up for that next phase? Like I said, yeah, and that, that, that has not slowed down. That momentum uh, has not slowed down. And uh, I don't, you know, I've never felt like he was going to go past two years. I always felt like it was a two-year deal because those were for sure going to be the two years in Oakland and that was going to be it. Um, I've heard some some counters to that here lately that, you know, while he still hasn't lost a step and if he comes back from the surgery and he's in good shape, then, you know, then he's, he's still going to have enough in the tank for one more year. So, I don't know. I just I don't certainly don't ever see him playing in Vegas. Uh, and, you know, running backs, they don't go past 30 very often uh, and still remain productive. So I, I don't know. I don't I don't I think that I don't think Marshawn's going to be around for much, much longer. I just hope this, Mikey, I hope he gets that one last shot to play one more time in Oakland this year, because, yeah, it's all all signs are looking like, you know, it's maybe questionable at best whether he comes back or not after this year. That's true. I still don't even know if he's going to come back this year off of IR um, because Donald Penn, if he's pulled off of IR in the next week or two, there's uh, a guarantee that uh, Marshawn Lynch cannot come back off of IR. Yeah. This just shows me that, you know, he's he's focusing on other things right now. So I don't even think he's going to come back for that one game. Then I don't know if the Raiders are going to be in Oakland. I don't know if he'll play. And you can't Maybe he'll come back one more year, but he'll be the media focal point next year, you know, in a rebuilding team again. But I don't know. The fan-controlled football league. You need to do some research, Murph. This is being fun for you. Apparently, fan control the fans control the game on the field. Uh, they they have all all key decisions are made by the fans, from picking the team name, the drafting the players. I I don't know what's going on, but it sounds fun. Um, so I'm interested, but that's it for Marshawn. I just wanted to bring that up. I'm proud of you, Marshawn, for being an entrepreneur and doing all this, but it looks like your Raider days are possibly they've already ended. I don't know. It's a scary thought. Green Bay Packers fire Mike McCarthy. Uh, he is from the Gruden tree. Would you want him and Gruden to be reunited in some aspect? Would he take a job as an offensive or defensive coordinator we know Gruden ain't going nowhere but um I don't know your thoughts on Mike McCarthy or is he going to hold out for another head coaching job I don't know I just I kind of would like him you know a good quality coach that worked with Aaron Rodgers for maybe Derek Carr you know uh I don't know it just I would like it to happen in some aspect I don't know what are your thoughts Murph yeah, I mean, anytime you can populate your sideline with ex-head coaches, that's a good thing because they have a level of experience that, you know, only 32 other people all get collectively at one time. So, you know, you're talking about the rarest of rarest, you know, you know, so absolutely, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a firm believer in that when you can, when you can, you know, engage in that experience, especially somebody that's won a Super Bowl and what, yeah, heck yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me, you know, you mentioned the coaching tree and, uh, I, I printed off the Sid Gilman coaching tree, Mikey, because I, I, uh, 
we, we talked about a Raiders fan radio a few weeks ago, and it's really an interesting look when you go down the Sid Gilman coaching tree. Of course, it starts with Sid, who is the, uh, the coach of the then Los Angeles uh, Chargers, uh, who hired Al Davis, right? And so uh, Al Davis, uh, obviously, is the, really the big, um, I don't know, the, the, the trunk of the tree, right? After Sid Gilman, it goes to Al. And, uh, you know, Al hired Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh's first job was as an assistant coach, running backs coach, for those, those Chargers under Al. And so that Bill Walsh coaching tree then, I mean, it birthed all kinds of, uh, of amazing coaches. Of course, John Madden is, is directly related to Al. But then after you go, to, you go, so you go from Bill Walsh uh, down to Mike Holmgren, and then you get down to John Gruden, and then the other you know, branch of that tree is Paul Hackett, and then you get to Mike McCarthy. So you're right. There's, there's a lot of connectivity there. And when you look at, I mean, the amount of coaches out of this Sid Gilman tree that are still employed, there's like five of them. Uh, that are still in the league. Of course, John Gruden, Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, uh, Mike Tomlin, right? So, and then Mike McCarthy up until yesterday. So it's a it's 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 um it's a pretty unique coaching tree. You know, there's a lot of coaching trees that have that are out there, but this one has produced a lot of big time uh, coaches with a lot of Super Bowl rings, man, from Brian Billick to Joe Gibbs to you know what I mean, Gary Kubiak. So, um, so so pretty cool. So yeah, I think there's definitely some connectivity there, and and I would not be surprised to see Holmgren and or Mike McCarthy be part of the Raiders organization uh, in some form or fashion, maybe even as as late as this year, if not next year or the off season. Cool. Well, just to get let everybody know who knows what's happening with the world of the interwebs, but it appears we're having little issues here and there going in and out, but we're going to try to pull through the show like champions and keep it going because I, I can't control what's going on. Um, here's the, I would love Mike McCarthy to be a part of the Raiders if, in any aspect. Uh, here's the cause for cleats that were presented this week before the game. We got Derek Carr who put out his Valley children's cleat for his son, Dallas, who they took care of and DeAndre Washington in terms of his sister, uh, the mark for life and all that other stuff. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful cleat for both of them. But I wanted to ask, hopefully you can hear, if you had a, a cleat that you can make for a cause, Murph, what cleat would that be? Uh Wow, that's a great question. First off, this is one of my favorite initiatives that the NFL has. These are the, as much as I rallied against the NFL earlier, this is one of the things that they do, I think, very well in this cause for, uh, or, or my cleats, my cause, and uh, or my cause, my cleats, whatever it is. Uh, and so, to answer your question, I would, you know, either something with kids, obviously, first thing, first and foremost, you know, one of my youngest son spent 10 days in, in neonatal intensive care when he was born and the people that literally saved his life and, and, uh, and enabled him to grow up a, a healthy young man. Um, you know, that's, that's a, that, that one's pretty near and dear to me. So, uh, so if not anything that had to do with, with, with kids, like what, what Derek's is Valley, uh, children's hospital, uh, anything as far as, uh, veterans go and especially the reacclimation of veterans into, um, into civilian life. That's a, uh, a cause that's, that's also near and dear to my heart. And in fact, in middle Tennessee, the school I go to is one of the few schools that has a, um, a, a program specifically for veterans of, of foreign war. When these guys come back home, um, you know, they are set up with, um, you know, uh, 
the ability to, you know, go to, go to school and to learn how to, you know, put together a resume and, uh, you know, whatever, lots of different things, lots of services that are available to these guys to, to help again, to, to reacclimate to society after, after serving overseas. So it's, um, that one's, that, and, and I, and I've, I've taken a lot of classes from professors and, and, uh, and I've had a lot of, um, inner workings with the, with the staff there that, that manages these programs. And they're, they're just amazing. And the, the heart that goes out and the, the appreciation and, uh, to those folks that, that sacrifice their, their lives for us. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. So long answer your question, but I would definitely think something like that. Yeah. Uh, if I had to do it nowadays, many years when I was younger, it would have been many different causes, but after seeing my dad deal with, you know, whatever he went through at the end of his life, I would want it to be something with the elderly, whether it be caregiving facilities or, um, you know, nurses or, you know, a home where, you know, elderly stay or something like that, just to bring excitement toward the end stages of their life for the elderly. So that would be my cause. I don't have the actual cause. I'm definitely going to look it up, you know, which one or how in the next week or so, so I can really get on that. But it would be something for the elderly, you know, at the latter stages of their life. Uh, Thank you, Pirate1975, for the donation. He wrote 4033, so close. We are getting better. I bet you are sweating, Murph, having to rap on Sunday. <laughs> Go Raiders, beat the squealers. Uh, your thoughts? Were you sweating, Murph? Actually sweating? Or did you want the victory? <laughs> Heck yeah, man. I'll sing, uh, you know, all day. I mean, I, I'm not a musician by any means, but I will be glad to for a Raider victory. Absolutely. So, uh, no, I wasn't sweating in a bit. You know, I would have, I would have de- definitely had to have clocked in and done some work to, uh, to foster a rap here on the show, but I would have gladly done it. And, uh, we got one more shot at it, pirate 1975. We'll see if KC's resting their starters in week 17 and see if we can knock them off there in Kansas city. Very good point. Murph's got one more Kansas city game to become a rapper. Uh, the Gruden bunch. I love this picture. Reminds me of the Brady Bunch. I saw it somewhere on Twitter, so I wanted to present this to everybody. But there's Gruden. I think Mike McCarthy. Ah, uh, Andy Reid's got the circle there, around him over there. Yeah, there it is. There's Andy Reid, John Gruden. I believe it's Mike McCarthy. And that's the Gruden Bunch, the coaching tree, if you will. So why not be reunited? Did you ever watch the Brady Bunch? Oh, of course. Yeah, man, all the time. What was your favorite episode, if you could think of one off the top of your head? Uh, probably the one where Don Drysdale, uh, shows up and, uh, and teaches Greg how to pitch. I think that's, that's, that was, that was, uh, that was a pretty good one. I remember the totem pole where they went to Hawaii on a vacation and they got like oh, a, yeah. cursed, uh-huh. a cursed totem or, uh, an artifact or something. It was, that was interesting. All right. The Raiders are actually still have the odds to be in the Super Bowl, according to Bravada gambling. With 300,000 to one, I don't even know why they list the Raiders. Do you literally think some moron walks into the dang casino and goes 300,000 to one? I'm going to put a dollar (laughs) on the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. And can they win the Super Bowl? Like if every league or every team exploded and the only teams left were the 49ers and the Raiders? I, I, you know, like, I don't understand. It makes me laugh. 
No. I, just, I just thought this was hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty goofy because after this weekend, the Niners and the Raiders were officially eliminated from playoff contention. That's mathematically impossible now. So it doesn't matter if everybody else lost and we won out, it still would never would not happen. Yeah. I'm sure this was before on Saturday. So uh, oh. it was made officially before, but still, I just, I just, I don't know. I should have put the dollar on last week, just in case. <laughs> All right, let's move this show along. Hopefully the internet gets better. Who knows? Somebody's still in my Wi-Fi, probably. Somebody's parked in a car down the street. Logged into my account and still in my wife. I don't know. It's time for the game review. That's right. Where we review the headlines and talk more. It's great. It's great. The Raiders almost beat the Chiefs. Uh, but in a good summary to this, Carr is on a record pace this year in terms of yardage and completion percentage. Albeit a down year in terms of victories. But Carr officially after this week's game eclipsed Rich Gannon as the second leading passer in Raiders history. And there's Derek Carr's stats for the last seven games, according to Raiders beat. Uh, Raiders beat kind of got weird headlines, so I don't really know if I should trust those stats. But, hey, I put, I put it on here, so you guys can blame me. Derek Carr is 148 for 221, 67%, uh, nine touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 99.2 rating. Your thoughts on – um, Derek Carr having technically a great year, but in a losing season. Yeah, those numbers are accurate. So they definitely get, get props for that. And, uh, yeah, you know, one of the things we were critical of Derek early on was his, uh, his turnovers, right? And, and he was turning the ball over at inopportune times after big gains, you know, on the goal line, you know, whatever, in the end zone, whatever it may be. And uh, so the fact that he's got that fixed and has now thrown nine touchdowns and zero picks, uh, that, that's pretty good. And that's what John wanted him to do is to be efficient with the football. And I'll tell you what's, what's fun about watching this last game is that not only was he efficient with the football and wasn't putting it at risk of turning the ball over, but he was still pushing it downfield, right? So, and that's been another criticism of Carr here lately is that, oh, he's only checking it down. He's not, he's, he's not, he's not pushing it downfield. Well, they push it downfield plenty uh, in this game. So I thought that was encouraging to see. And in terms of the, uh, the yardage goes, now look, this is today's NFL, man. And we're going to get, you know, somebody's going to throw for 6,000 yards here in the very near future. It's just going to happen the way that the freaking the league is going with the rules and whatnot. Um, so it's not surprising that Derek Carr is throwing for as many yards as, as, as he has. Uh, but still, you know, he eclipses Rich Gannon. And next on the list is Snake, man. And, uh, you know, Snake threw for 19,000 yards in 130 games. Carr's just shy of 18,000 yards in uh in 74 games so uh very very uh feasible that car passes uh you, you know uh, stabler here by the end of the year uh, a couple of big games in there especially and and he can do it uh, but definitely by next year so i mean car in the very near future is going to be the all-time leading passer in raiders history so again consider today's nfl i get all that but i mean the guy's pretty proficient one way or the other there you go. So what? So now, can you even predict Derek Carr not being the Raiders' quarterback if he passes all of those people, and and then they get rid of him in the next two years? Like, I don't know. That sounds scary to me. If it if it happens. 
it's just a little scary. Yeah, I don't see it happening, you know. And I was, as, you know, even as recently as a few weeks ago, I was thinking, you know, cars, you know, could possibly be expendable too, that no one is an untouchable in this. But I think that after the comments that we heard from Ian Eagle that we played earlier today and knowing what those conversations have now been between Gruden and Carr, and yeah, can, can the, does the guy eclipse Kenny freaking Stabler and then you're going to let him go? Like, I just, I don't see that, man. I, I don't see that. I think Carr, thankfully, and he should be, he's going to be a Raider for life. And and he, and he needs to be. Uh, in a, now, let's go to bad news. Uh, the NFL media uh, controversy schedule makers have apparently announced that Khalil Mack and the Bears will be one of the opponents for the Raiders next season. Uh, is this for media ratings, for TV views, especially for a Raiders team that might not be winning a lot next season as well? You're dosh darn right it is. Your thoughts on the NFL schedule headline makers putting Khalil Mack as an opponent for the Raiders next season? Well, I mean, it's it's a, there's a formula to it, and it's on, you know, the divisions are on rotating schedules, so it's not like, you know, somebody just said, okay, we got to match up these two teams, and then we got to match up these. It's, it's all based on where you finish and where you are in the rotation, and that's why two of the opponents are still left to be remained, uh, to be named. I think one is like whoever the equal place finisher is in the ANF, or AFC East, and then the same thing in the NFC West, I want to say, I don't remember what it is, but anyways, but there is a formula to it. So, but that said, the NFL are, they're not dummies either. And, uh, they're very good at taking, you know, uh, op- the, the opportunity to put, you know, games like this on display, you know, it's like the other day, you know, right after Bob McNair passed away, like the Texans were on like, you know, Thursday night football. It was like the timing of it, right. Is just, is, is pretty interesting at times how this works out. So yeah, it does. That's uh, it's um, it's not surprising that it would end up being the the Bears, being that that was the the rotation. But I think what's going to be funny though, Mikey, is that where this what 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 the NFL can determine it doesn't determine necessarily the teams, but they will determine the when and the and and uh, as far as primetime games and when in the year. So like early on in the year, could this be a primetime game? Absolutely. Like, could this be like a Sunday night? type matchup especially if the bears go on to any postseason success that could be really interesting and uh you know you know to, to put the to put the raiders on display early on and, and give us a chance to you know hopefully redeem ourselves a little bit what do you think i well you said you know it, it it's in the cards you know they have divisions and still i know they have divisions that they have to play every three years but i don't think this was on the cards and i think somebody went in a room and said let's do it you called the timing interesting. I call it a conspiracy. Of course you do. <laughs> you know, this will be the primetime game. It'll be on Monday night or Thursday night for the NFL Network early on in the season. You are 100% correct there. They will do this to get ratings. And then let's go to John Gruden. Okay, he threw a flag during the game after a touchdown within two minutes left of the first half. Then Gruden said, you know, people were like, didn't Gruden know the rules? You get it. They want to bash on Gruden because it's going to happen again. But Gruden said he knew that he couldn't throw the flag and that he did it as a message to Al Riveron. I mean, do you believe this, that Gruden knew and it was a message or what? And then I'll give you my opinion after. Heck yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you could read his lips. I mean, you could see it in the moment what he was doing. And absolutely, I'm surprised that, frankly, once upon a time, there used to be a penalty to try to challenge a non-challengeable play. I, I, so I was surprised that either, either something changed and I wasn't aware of it or Gruden got away with something there. But one way or the other, yeah, I'd, clearly he knew what was going on and, you know, it wasn't going to be penalized anymore one way or the what, other. What? What's the message? I mean, by doing that, again, you're mad at the player, the caller, whatever, but what's the message from your point of view? You're driving a point home. You're, absolutely. You're driving the point home that look, no, you're wrong that this look at it. Look at this. You know what I mean? And he Gruden was right. Like, look at this darn thing. That was not a catch. That thing hit the ball and moved. And it did. And the deal is now is that you're allowed to let the ball make contact with the ground. Now last year would have been absolutely incomplete pass, no matter what. But now they say, all right, the ball can hit the ground, but as long as you maintain control of it, that, that, uh, that, that it's still a completion. But any movement to the ball is an incompletion. Well, the ball hit the ground and it moved in Kelsey's hands. So therefore, it should have been an incomplete pass. So Gruden is absolutely right. So he's driving the point home. No, you missed it. So I'm throwing a flag again. Well, nothing wrong with that at all. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I see it a little bit differently. Uh, I believe... Whether there's a point in there or not, you're trying to win the game. And I believe he was trying to, you know, challenge the play. But I don't think he knew the, the ramifications that could come from it. Meaning, you you lose a timeout uh, later in the game. You only have a certain amount of challenges. And that game was so close that that decision could be a bad one. So if now, after the fact, he says it's a message... Well, then the message was early on that you might have, you know, been willing to lose the game, lose a challenge, lose a timeout to send a message. And I don't know if that feels right in a close game. And then he says it's a message to Al Riveron after the game. Maybe that's because the media questioned him and said, doesn't he know the rules? And then now he deflecting the next day and saying it was for a message. I don't know. There's multiple ways you can I don't know. You're it. not allowed to criticize but, um, the officials. Otherwise, you get fined. And so this was a pretty, if you think of it in these terms, Mikey, he was able to get his message across, which was that you blew the call and he doesn't have, he doesn't run risk of being fined. He does. He's not acting out against the NFL, but he clearly is, is sending the message that you guys blew the call. And they did. And that's the and that's the thing is that if Gruden was wrong on this, you might get a different. Well, you would get a different opinion from me, but you're not because he wasn't. And so you've got to consider that. Not you, the proverbial you have got to consider the idea that the guy is right. There it is. 20 shows with the proverbial you. We've officially hit 20 shows with you making that statement. I thought we were, I didn't even think about it. I thought we were not going to go there, but you did it. I don't want to let you down, my man. I don't want to let you down, Mikey. That wasn't even planned. You know, now I don't know if we need to plan it moving forward, but that wasn't planned. That was beautiful. All right. So, again, whichever way you look at it, you know, he possibly could have lost a timeout at a challenge in a close game, and that scares me for a little bit. But you're right. The play was wrong. And if it sends a message to the NFL, I don't think they care or I don't think no, they got they it. Don't. <laughs> no, they don't care. From my point of view. That's, uh, that's, that's funny you just said that too because you're dead on. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. Jared Cook, man, should be in the Pro Bowl. So we got another Raider that should be in the Pro Bowl. But he was asked after this game, um, 
he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next season. And then somebody in the locker room, maybe Matt Schneidman, the reporter, asked, do you, Jared Cook, want to be a Raider next year? And he immediately yelled out, yeah, of course. I mean, who don't want a job? I mean, you don't want a job next year? Because Jared Cook has been with teams that have not really targeted him or made him the focal point, and he clearly is with that, with the Raiders on this team. And he's looking like the second best tight end in the league from my perspective, uh, beyond Travis Kelsey. So he needs to be in the Pro Bowl, and I would love Jared Cook to be signed as a, a big-time free agent next season and get the money he deserves. Him and Carr's chemistry is off the hook. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. I was just looking. I was trying to think of all the teams. I know he started with the Titans, and then he went to the Rams, right? And so then, then the Packers, Packers. And, then, and then now the – and now the Raiders. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I think that now, granted, it's going to be expensive, but I think that, you know, you got to have a good tight end, a, a good tight, pass catching tight end is your quarterback's best friend, right? You know, uh, only thing that would come close would be a pass catching running back like a Le'Veon Bell type guy, somebody that can come in and bail you out when your quarterback gets under pressure. Uh, you know, cause, and Jared Cook, I, you know, I don't know if he's the – I don't know if I'd put him at the the second best tight end in the in, in the league. There's a there's some big names out there, Mikey. You know, there's there's you know Jimmy Graham is still in the league and Gronk is still around and like there's still some some big time guys. But but that said, considering how bad the Raiders have been and that he's still balling out the way that he is, there's a strong argument for what you just said. And so you know, being that he's a Raider, I'm gonna think he's the best tight end in the league because a freaking Travis Kelsey, man. I think that he's only uh, he's a benefactor of our weaknesses right i think that that he only has the day he does because we can't cover him it has you know less i don't look granted he's good don't get me wrong i'm not going to pretend like he's not an elite player but you know those numbers that he put up those franchise you know uh record setting numbers that he put up it's because we can't cover a freaking tight end and haven't been able to for a long time um but so that's it i I, i'm i'm with you though and 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 i hope he's back man you know, I hope he's back. And, you know, now with two years invested into the program and, and with his quarterback, yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, look, I mean, who else do we got? Who else does Derek Carr got right now? Who else can he count on in a pinch? Who else can the Raiders count on in a pinch to come down with a big play? And right now it's 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 Jared Cook, man. Yeah, Gary on Connolly definitely has been balling out lately. He's definitely now with consistency from my perspective and the defensive perspective, there's finally consistency after all this debacle that's happened early on in the season. And now Gary on Connolly is proving that he's a bright spot. According to reports, he has only allowed just 15 yards in the last three games to wide receivers. So he's balling out. Uh, Gary on Connolly is looking good. Finally in his second year, toward the latter half of the season. And do you think he's going to be a focal point moving forward? And your thoughts on Gary on Connolly? Yeah, I hope so. You know, I didn't like it when we drafted him. I was, you know, when you watch this football this last weekend, right? And I, I'm not going to get on my soapbox again about the inside linebackers. But when you look at what, uh, what Dallas did to New Orleans, you look at Zach Cunningham, right? You looked at, there's a lot of guys, a lot of middle linebackers that had big days in the NFL. Pick sixes. Alec Ogletree was another one for the Rams that had one, right? So we need inside linebackers. So when we drafted Conley, I wasn't on board as much, but I slowly became a fan of his and, and really started to root for him, especially with all the challenges he had early on in his, in his career. 
And um, of course, and he's a Raider, so I want him to be great anyways. But uh, this year, I was getting a little nervous for him with some of the talk that was out there. Like, was he tradable? Like, was he not fitting into what Gunther wanted as far as, uh, you know, cover corners going? And whatnot? I was a little nervous. So and then he was playing time was down. Right. So I don't know if he had a change of heart or collectively there was a change of heart and an understanding between him and, and the coaches or what, whatever it is. It's working, man, and I'm 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 proud for him, and I think that he's been uh, really a bright spot in a, in a down defense. And you mentioned the the stats about the yardage. I got another one for you. Uh, Conley is forced an incompletion on 28 percent of his targets when defending outside receivers for the entirety of 2018. Not only does that rank third in the NFL this season, but it's also the highest for an Oakland cornerback in the Pro Football Focus era, which has been since 2006. So. You know, and so that's like Namdi status right there. So that's legit, man. So not only is he just passing the eye test, but he, this guy is putting it down on the stat sheet as well. So, you know, look, we've we've needed long, uh, corners for a long, long time. And, you know, if he and Melvin and Conley or not Conley, uh, he and Melvin and uh, Worley can be the three guys for us uh, going forward, especially Conley and Worley. I'm on board, man. I think that the, that uh, we're we're in good shape there, and I'm encouraged by. Now you didn't ask it, but I'm gonna say it. I'm encouraged also by the safeties. Like all of a sudden, Carl Joseph is looking like a first round draft pick. Like holy crap, uh, Mikey! Like our our freaking secondary is kind of coming together a little bit. Sands Reggie Nelson, but outside of that, it's not looking too bad, right? They were called out early on, whether it be Gruden, the coaching staff, whatever. Now there's a little bit of consistency. And maybe they're playing for their jobs or their life, and they found their passion, and it's nice to effing see. And here's an observation from Paul Gutierrez that I really liked. He said, Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Chris Conley was whistling the <laughs> yeah. theme to the autumn win in the visitor's locker room and in tune to boot. Well, we need wide receivers next year. Chris <laughs> Conley may be a free agent. Maybe is he predicting that he wants to be a part of the Raiders next season? You got the video there, or are you asking me? That's for you, Murph. Okay. I'm sorry. I okay, yeah, so I, I I saw this, and I heard this, and I thought that was kind of – I figured it was just a shot at the Raiders. I figured that was just, you know, because it was during who was it, Tyreek Hill or whoever it was was giving their interview, and he's whistling the autumn wind in the, in the background. And so I thought, well, that's just a way to take a shot at the team. But then they asked him about it, and he said no. He was like, man, he goes, they play that song like 20 times during the game. He goes, it was just stuck in my head. And so I was just whistling it, which was kind of funny too. And, you know, in a rivalry game like this, whatever it is, whether he was doing it to take a shot at the team or what, I'm okay with it. Like, because this is all all's fair in love and war when it comes to a rivalry like this where these two teams hate each other. So I think it was, thought it was kind of funny. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's any indicator that he's going to be a Raider next year, but uh, yeah, I thought that it was a, a fun little story. And in fact, I was, I was planning on playing the audio for on our show this week. So I'm glad you brought this story up, Mikey. It was a funny one. Yeah, I like it. I took it po as a positive. Well, I didn't take it as a jab because, Everybody loves the autumn wind theme, and I'm just glad he could whistle it in tune. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Do it. yeah, he did a good job. It's, it's pretty on, yeah. All right, here's the official 2019 draft order as it stands today. We moved up from number three to number two, so the Raiders got a victory in that aspect. Uh, 49ers are one, Raiders are number two, and I do think the Raiders, I mean, the 49ers can win a game in the future and, you know, I'd rather get a victory, but hey, if we have to lose, 
at least we get a higher draft order. But I like where we are now. Your thoughts on the 2019 draft order so far? That's yeah, a nice consolation prize. To answer the questions, I've seen a lot of questions on social media on, you know, how come we lose to the Niners and they have a better spot? Because it's all based on strength of schedule. It's not the tiebreakers aren't determined. Like when you try to determine the tiebreakers for the postseason for a playoff spot, it doesn't come down to that kind of stuff. This absolutely everything comes down to the, the strength of your schedule. And that's why I said early on that if we get into a situation where we're tied with the Niners or the Cardinals, if you remember back to last week, I, I told you, get it out of your head. We're not going to get the number one pick because we'll never win a tiebreaker against one of those two teams. And that I speculated we'll be picking between three and five. And I still believe that. I don't think we're going to end up with the second overall pick. I mean, look at all these teams in there. And and I think that we're going to win some games still, especially as encouraging as that was that, that we were able to handle the Chiefs. Granted, it was at home. But look, if we can put up 33 points like that and, uh, you know, look, we're, we gave up a lot of points to a team that scores a lot of points. Uh, so I have any delusions there. But again, going back to what we said early on, without the three fumbles, uh, we got a really good shot to win this football game. So and that's one of the best there is. So I think that the Raiders are definitely going to um, we're going to win more than just a couple more games. I mean, I'm. I don't know, maybe two more games, I'm thinking. I'm, I think we're going to sneak up on the Steelers this week. I will get to that. But to answer your question, I think we're going to be in the top five. I don't see us picking in the top two or three. Yeah, you brought up a good thing that reminded me. I know it's based off a of strength of schedule, but how did the 49ers and Raiders last season have a coin toss? And now we're number one and two. You think the NFL might change it again where we have another coin toss this season for the first pick? I, I It's really weird. How did we have a coin toss last year? I guarantee you the strength of schedule was different. I kind of don't understand that. So I don't know. Your thoughts. Maybe you can answer it for me. Yeah, it's as far as that goes, Mikey. I don't know. Was the I don't know what that criteria is. What the metric is on strength of schedule. What they use to feed into it. But clearly, there was a tie in there somehow. I mean, something was tied in there. So I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it, I don't. I don't have a good answer to your question. But there, there had to have been some variable in there that came out identical. But I'll find out. That's that's one thing that uh, that I will do is I'll figure it out and I'll let you know. I'm just saying we had a coin toss last year, and if it was banked off strength of schedule, I don't know if it was a tie of strength of schedule, but we had a coin toss. So maybe they're going to do it again this year because it was fun. That sure was a fun coin toss. All right, let's look at these stats on screen just to give everybody some information on the game because we're actually doing headlines instead of the game review. People are going to be like, you never do a real good game review. I, I don't know how to. <laughs> That's what you do. Fan. That's your Mikey show. That's your, your review show, right? Yeah. I try, oh, yeah. I kind of do a post game, but yeah. people would love your thoughts on it. But you can do that on your show. I don't know. I don't know. I don't do post game breakdowns on Raiders Fan Radio either. <laughs> That's okay. You guys can do that on your own. That's what you're, you, you got, you got hey, big you, brains on your you Raider Nation. You got big brains and you got all the stats in the world on the internet. You know what I mean? You could find that anywhere, right? Yeah, I'm just not a good, like, breakdowner of football field activity and everything. So I just, I kind of go around it. I just, whatever I see is what I do a game review as. And I like the headlines because it gives my brain a focal point. Because my problem is my brain goes everywhere, so I need a focal point. So thank you for that. Uh, the Raiders lost their game on Sunday night football to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was flexed out for a better game with ratings. But uh, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers are hopefully heading toward the playoffs and we're heading toward the draft. But I love that picture because that's that electronic football game 
And I, I just, I love that. Uh, give me your expectations, X Factor, and predict this in the game preview. Um, yeah, you know, this is the, you know, you want to hate somebody, Raider Nation, that's outside of our division. This is the team to hate. You know, the kind of the, the Patriots are the, uh, um, the, the kind of the sexy team to hate nowadays. But if you want to hate a team that was detrimental to the success of the Oakland Raiders, go look up the stats against Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. You want to hate a team that did us absolutely no favors and knocked us out of Super Bowl contention numerous times? This is the team you should hate. When you want to get your venom all wound up for Tom Brady, put it away and get it out for Terry Bradshaw. This is the team. When you talk to old school OG Raider fans like my Uncle Mosh, this is the team that he hates more than anybody. He hates them more than the Broncos. He hates them more than even the Chiefs or the Chargers. These are the guys because this is the team that kept us out. And the finally in 1976, when we did uh, make it to that first Super Bowl and win it, guess who we beat in the AFC Championship game that year? It was East frickin' Pittsburgh Steelers. So, look, these guys are responsible for a lot of the Raiders' um, lack of success in the 70s because of their own success. So, to, I said all that to say this. I hate this freaking team i've always hated this freaking team the people that molded my fandom hated this freaking team and to the fact that where we don't even say certain people's names in our home because they're worse than bad words okay so when it comes to the steelers i hope we beat them by 50 and we've done a pretty good job of upsetting them in the past you think about the magic of terrell Pryor. you think about the magic of bruce gradkowski and lewis murphy right like we've found ways to beat this team in the past when we were uh, inferior in terms of talent. Hopefully the Raiders find something in them to beat this team again. You know, guys, I don't do good at predictions, but I'm going to give a prediction on this one, and I'm going to trust, and I'm going to hope that the Steelers coming off of last night after getting beat down by the stupid Chargers, that we can come in and catch them while they're down. We can kick them while they're down, and we can beat them by 20, and I'm saying the Raiders win this game 31-10. to 10. That's only 21 points, but you know what I'm saying. I love it. Uh, coming off that game versus the Chiefs, like I said, I didn't expect a victory. I'm not a victory, but I didn't expect it to be so close. The Raiders balled out. So what that game versus the Chiefs does for this Raiders team, especially Pittsburgh coming off a couple of losses, it gives them a little bit of confidence going into this game that we can compete. We can. Pittsburgh is on a downward spiral. We're looking that much better every week. So we can honestly... I feel compete in this game. I'm not going to give you my prediction now, but I'm letting you know that the confidence of this Raiders team and the lack of confidence for Pittsburgh, this is a do or die game. So Pittsburgh needs to give their best. And I believe the Raiders have a little bit of confidence. And I think this is going to be a closer game than people think if they're going to say the Raiders are out of it. And we might even get a victory. I don't know what's going on. That's what I'm saying. All right, there it is, Murph. That was our lack of internet for that last half of the show. Forgive me. But there it is. That is our show for today. Any closing statements and who you got in tonight's football game? 
Uh, I don't know. I guess give me the Eagles, maybe. I don't know. I, I I can't stand to watch the NFC least on TV. It feels like every primetime game is, if it's not the Patriots, it's somebody out of this dumb division. So I don't know. But I, I, I guess I hate the Redskins more than I hate the Eagles because we've, we've beat them both in, in, in Super Bowls, right? So I don't know. But I, I guess I guess probably the, probably the Eagles, I suppose. Maybe just because it's, it's, it's Gruden's brother is on the other sideline and I don't want to root for him. I only got room in my heart for one Gruden. So, <laughs> so, so give me the freaking uh, the, the fly Eagles fly. How about that? These are possibly uh, two teams that are really fighting for the maybe a wild card or last spot or last hope of being in the playoffs. So tonight will be a fight, and it'll be a fun game to watch if you're a football fan in general. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Gruden loses again. <laughs> Another Gruden loses again. So I'm going to say the Eagles somehow bring themselves back into the fold of possibly the playoffs. Hey, but who knows? Hey, before we get out of here, can I say one more thing? Go for it. Thank you for inviting me and uncle Mosh to be part of your new interview series inside the Raider nation. Uh, that premiered this last Saturday on your channel. And uh, I got to say, man, we had a lot of fun, both him and I did. It was cool getting you two together. You know, I do a show with you every week, and then two days later I do a show with him every week. And so it was really fun to get uh, all three of us together on the mics and to see you guys uh, have some chem- chem- some chemistry and uh, and to just enjoy, you know, the, um, the, just the interview. I, you're a great interviewer, and, uh, and we were flattered that you would ask us to be, you know, the people that you would choose to ask about their fandom and, and Raider Nation and so thank you to, for you to, for having us and if you haven't seen it yet uh, check it out it's here on On, on Air Nation and it's the uh, 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 Inside the Raider Nation interview series and it's uh, it's me and my Uncle Mosh and so we had, a, we had a blast man it was fun no thank you thank you very much I will post the link in this video somewhere down below as well yeah you guys check that out I'm trying to do a weekly series uh, where I you know interview fandom but uh I don't know who the guests are, unfortunately. I should have planned more and had a bunch of episodes, but we're going to have guests every Saturday uh, that love the Raiders, love their fandom as much as you and Mosh and Murph. Uh, you guys were amazing. Thank you so much. And there's a lot of chemistry. Mosh and your show is real fun. Like I said, you, by being a part of me through these dark times, have brought positivity. You and Mosh. So that's why I want to thank you. And that's why I was so proud to interview your memories, your fandom, and your love for the Raiders. And we're going to have more people like them coming up soon every Saturday on Inside the Raider Nation. That's awesome, Mikey. That That's awesome, man. We're, we're, we're glad too, man. I'm glad to glad to share that positivity. Glad it's glad it rubbing off a little bit, man. So Yeah, it's a tough, it's a mad, mad world. <laughs> You're a tough nut to crack, Mikey. Uh, life, life. We live in the <laughs> Matrix, so, you know. <laughs> According to you and Elon Musk, we do. I'm telling you, every day I wake up like it feels like a schedule. You know, like you wake up, you got to take a shower, you got to eat. It it just feels like a computer simulation that you're going through the motions daily, you know. So when I get a chance to meet people, go out, and that is life. Life is not staying at home doing patterns. That is not life. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Give a goodbye. Let everybody know about your channel. And then we're going to sing the song together. Okay. Uh, yeah. So check us out. 
just go to youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. That's the best place to support what we're doing here lately. Uh, we've become a big fan of the, of the live stream, and we live stream Raiders Fan Radio every Wednesday night, usually about 7 o'clock uh, Central, 8 o'clock Eastern time. And so, uh, so definitely support us in that way. Hit that subscribe button, please, to Murph's Fan Cave. And, uh, and all, all credit to Mikey for, for getting us involved in that. That was something I never thought we would do. We were an audio-only podcast forever, but have really, really become fans of this whole live stream YouTube thing. So please support us in that way by subscribing to our channel. And thank you to Raider Nation for putting up with all my talking, all my BS, and whatever goes on with this channel. I honestly love you all, and I hope you truly have a blessed day. Let's get out of here, Murph! It's Monday with Mikey Heath Murph. We talk Raiders and occasionally different types of football dirt. We are a new Raider talk show. We're not the best, but I think we are. So let's go. It's Monday with Mikey and Murph. And we'll see you next week, Raider Nation. Take care. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash go independent. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.